Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. Another week. We're here talking about video games. I've got, we've got, we've been building stuff this week. I know. I'm actually, well, I haven't actually built anything yet, but I've Mm. been playing a lot of things made by people who clearly hate other people. (laughs) (laughs) You've been playing Super Mario Maker 2. I absolutely have. And uh, thankfully, there's been a lot of my friends on Twitter have been sharing, um, I guess, like uh, course codes. Mm-hmm. I guess you call them uh, level codes. I can't remember. Basic. Okay, so first thing I have to say about Super Mario Maker Two, the interface and the like, how to like find your friends and all like how to find levels and stuff. Total crap! It's mm-hmm. the worst. It took me like an hour to figure out how to find and play Caden's level. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. So here's yeah. So. Jocelyn and I are friends on Nintendo Switch. Those that friends list does not does not come into Super Mario Maker Two. Like I don't automatically have a friends levels list. No. And I really, really hope that they add this because what is the point in going through the hoops of adding each other as friends if that isn't brought into a Nintendo first party game? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm fi- I'm fine subscribing to like uh, like say for example uh, my f- one of my one of my favorite streamers or one of my favorite content creators uh, we're not friends on the Nintendo Switch because if if he or she was friends with everybody well it would be impossible because they're super popular content creators but then like if they said oh you can subscribe to my levels then sure yeah I'll enter a series of numbers and letters to subscribe to that person's levels and that's essentially how it works now. But, like, I can't just go in and say, oh, I want to see all of Jocelyn's levels and play them. And it's, it's yeah. you have to know your maker code or something. Yeah, and that's the thing. So I, because even when you're searching, you can't even search by, um, because Ryan had posted, like, a screenshot of, mm. of the code and the name of the level and all the rest of it. So, like, I ha- I knew what his Nintendo username was. I knew what the level was called. I knew, like, all of, all of the stuff. And it still took me forever to find where to even enter a code to search for a level. Like, I, it took me a long time to even figure out, like, where online levels were. And then I found it. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do a detailed search. But a detailed search, all that does is it allows you to basically search by, um, like, the background or theme that they use, the difficulty level, the style of game, um, which includes all a whole bunch of different Marios. So like a whole bunch of different rule sets, which is very cool. Um, and then you can search for like specific tags. So like puzzles or speed runs or um, what's another one. Anyways, there's about 12 or 15 different tags that you can tag your level with. So you can search by those as well in the detailed search, but there's no like text. You can't enter any text. So I couldn't search for Ryan's name. I couldn't mm-hmm. search for Ryan's like Nintendo ID. I couldn't search for the name of the level I was looking for because I was just going to search for Caden because I was like, how many can there possibly be? <laughs> but, well, probably a bunch. But, so yeah. anyway, but you know what I mean? Like it, there's yeah. no way to do it. And even in that section, so there's basically like a browse interface for all of the levels that people have uploaded. And there are so, so, so many levels already because Super Mario Maker's only been out since Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is like less than a week since it, since its release. And it, it just, it, there's so, so, so many thousands, thousands, thousands of levels. So in this browse interface, there's, I've also found that it seems like there are things on the screen that look like they are icons that I should be able to navigate to that I can't. <laughs> All right. So that's weird too. But yeah, so within that browse interface, eventually I found a section. Sorry, no, it's not even in the browse interface. It's like when you first get the title screen of the game, you can choose whether you want to like make a level or play a level. So if you go into like play a level, then it takes you one place. And maybe it's because I had the tutorial too, but I ended up in this really weird place that wasn't where I thought I was going to be. And it took me a long time to find the online browse interface. And then you have to, like, you can't actually go into 
any of the options that it shows you, there's like a little magnifying glass in like the top right corner that when you click on it, it says enter a maker code. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, why are you like this Nintendo? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really make sense because in all of their other, like in Super Smash Brothers, I, I don't, it doesn't require me to have a different friends list. Splatoon, nope, uses the friends list. You're even paying for the online and super mario maker 2 is is very much a a limited game if you don't have the nintendo online i mean it's the the barrier to entry i I think is very it's very inexpensive but still like yeah i actually bought it as a bundle so it was ten dollars for the year because it was uh by super mario maker which is normally 79 or for 89 you get a year of nintendo so i was like okay i'll just do the bundle then but i didn't realize like that I was going to require it in order to, you know, like see the stuff you had made. But um, I figured just, oh, 10 bucks for a year. It's less than a dollar a month to get Nintendo's online service. So sure, I'll just do it. Um, but yeah, if I if you didn't have the online, because that's basically that's all I did today. So I did the tutorial for how to like make a level, which is very, very basic. It's like, here's the blocks. Here's how you place a block. Here's how you erase. All right, now go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I haven't actually made any levels yet. I just went into the online and I like, once I actually figured out how to find you, then I found Caden's level, then I played Caden's level, and that guy is a, uh, is it a sadist or a masochist? What's the <laughs> one when you like to see the pain of others? Because uh, I think that's sadist. That's Caden. Yeah, that's Caden. Caden's <laughs> not a fan when he gets hurt. <laughs> he, uh, oh, he's not a fan. Um, I can't remember if we talked about it last week and that we had, Caden basi- had basically, I think we did talk about it. Yeah, um, he got the sticker mat and then just put all the stickers all over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had to take some, you know, uh, fatherly sort of, okay, this is a bit cramped. Some creative, some creative license. <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of take like the, the, the sticker map and kind of expand it a bit because it would have been a very small level with a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. And, and it, it already does <laughs> it is. have a lot of stuff happening. It does, yes. But, I, I mean, it was a really good exercise for for me in the sense that it gave me something to work from to build mm-hmm. my first level. And, you know, learning things like connecting pipes and how, uh, how that sort of works and, like, sub-levels. Um, and I didn't even try. I didn't even realize there was sub levels or pipes in what you built. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just yeah, definitely did not go down there at all. <laughs> and then you can like in my level, you can and I should. Uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll include the level code in the show notes so people can check it out. But um, you can actually you can use. There's several ways you can beat it, right? You can kind of brute force it and kind of dodge all the enemies, or you can like get into the cart. <laughs> And kind of try to like just navigate through it with the cart until you because once you hit the final like bullet bill sort of tower and get over that it's it's a cakewalk from there right it's literally a a layup um but yeah we had a lot of fun just building that level and explaining to Caden like hey you built this level oh my friend in the United Kingdom played it and he liked it and he said he wants to play more of your levels Caden and he's like cool 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 and then you know someone in new zealand (laughs) played it and you know evan and and james and they were all excited and uh and now he's and his next level he wants to do is yoshi base because as soon as we finished he's like okay let's make a yoshi level because he's obsessed with yoshi right now yeah um but i i think i have to make a super mario world level for yoshi i don't think they have yoshi in the 3d stuff um, which is unfortunate. I'm not sure, but I think the 3D version, so whatever you chose, I guess it's, is it, was it Super Mario Brothers U or something? Uh, no, that, that was, it was 3D World, the newest, oh, 3D, uh, the newest okay. edition. Uh, yeah, so I haven't actually played the newest edition, so when I, when that, I got the bell or whatever at mm-hmm. the beginning, I didn't know if that was going to be good or bad, and then all of a sudden I was a cat, yep. and I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, Mario, I didn't know this was a thing you could do. Yeah, and so... I didn't know the controls, so I didn't even use any special cat powers. <laughs> I just was dressed like a cat. <laughs> yeah, so new to this one, so they bring back like the uh, the NES uh, styles with Super Mario or Mario Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros. Three, and then 
um, Super Mario World and then 3D Mario, new new Super Mario Brothers. And then they bring in uh, what they call extra level design, which is essentially uh, them saying like, well, we wanted to throw in a new layer in for you, but we didn't, we couldn't find a way to like directly map it to all the other powers. And, I, and I'm glad, I'm kind of glad they did because like, honestly, it's, it's, it would be a lot of work to kind of bridge that gap. Um, and allowed them to be more unique too by having this extra layer that is based on the Wii U Super Mario 3D World. Um, mm. And it's like, it's 2D because Super Mario 3D World is kind of like panoramic, um, you know, diorama style levels. Like it, it's like an expanded 2D, but you can kind of move in 3D um, if that makes sense. But uh, in this one, they do bring it back to to like the 2d plane but they kind of add some depth to the level so it can be hard to you know look at them and and see two different styles but they are different um but yeah the 3d world one has been a lot of fun because it it is basically a new layer to a game that i played a whole lot of on the wii u um but there's so much more you can do here in this game like if you go into the creator mode it's just it's astronomical the amount of stuff you can do and your creativity can go wild if you're not careful like you can kind of go in there and be like oh i can add this and i can add that i can create a sub level and that sub level can have like a different theme to it like a different world so if you go underground like in the normal game you go underground yeah. and it's underground right so it's just so much you can do and i'm more excited about like i was with the wii u version i'm excited about an endless mario like essentially having the ability to play some like just mario levels constantly um oh okay so yeah i i saw endless play Mm -hmm. in the section where i was trying to find your stuff right i saw the endless play option but I didn't actually know what that was. It just said something about, like, um, beat as many levels as you can before you lose all your lives or something. Mm-hmm. And I di- But I didn't try it. I didn't know what it actually was. So is it traditional, like, Mario games just strung back to back? Or it's So it's interesting. Um, Endless Play allows you to choose a difficulty, which is, I think, easy through probably something i'll never try like it's extremely hard or something yeah or, i think there's like super hard or very hard or something yeah, yeah. and basically there's, what it, i think there's four when i was looking again when i was trying to find your level <laughs> i feel like that's that's the game i played today was the the find cadence level game <laughs> but um yeah i did know there are four difficulty levels so it's like easy medium hard and super i'm pretty sure it's super hard yeah it's uh and that's probably for me, like, as someone who doesn't want to, like, leaf through, I mean, sometimes I want to leaf through, like, the popular levels, but honestly, sometimes it's nice to just have that random chance of playing a really cool level. So with Endless Play, it essentially allows you to choose a difficulty level that give you fr- five uh, lives, and you just play until you get game over. But Oh, you... so it's all Mario Maker levels. Yeah, it's all Mario Maker levels, uh, sort of... Which I'm... I guess makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pulling them from... The collection i'm sure of highly rated and or like successfully completed levels mm. so i've been playing i started an endless play on easy and i'm getting like some levels that are incredibly easy other levels that are kind of like inching up there but i think normal's kind of like that level where you're gonna get fun levels that aren't designed to kill you because when you start yeah. to get above normal get into hard and super hard those levels are just designed to torture you um, yeah, <laughs> and and Caden's level it was fairly easy in comparison to some of the stuff I've seen people even Nintendo's throwing at you in in the campaign. Oh my god! But Caden's uh, yeah. okay. So Caden's <laughs> level for me, the reason why it was so difficult was because well, like things weren't um, placed based on, I guess Mario's capabilities mm-hmm. necessarily. So it's like they're just was bees and yep. then the bees followed you and i was like wait what <laughs> and then there was a tornado and also a guy that was spinning around doing like a whirlwind attack and i didn't know how to deal with any of these things oh and then the enemies made out of jello or whatever they are that you can't actually kill that they just you just get bouncy on them <laughs> um i don't remember those uh, maybe the ants <laughs> there's a whole but maybe they're ants i, I think they're kind of like purpley yeah they're the they ants. they were crawling all over everything anyways and i was like oh i'll just wait till it falls off oh it doesn't fall off okay <laughs> yeah we we had some fun with that one um 
he uh he really liked making making the level but he also liked you know going through the the single player and stuff and but yeah the 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 level the level designing is super cool and and it's kind of an easy way to like lose time with it mm-hmm. and i don't think it requires sort of this grand plan to just go in and have fun like i know i'm not going to design the next great level that gets featured on whatever content creation curation of super mario maker 2 like the levels you got to play but i felt like i like with Caden's level we designed something that we enjoyed playing and a couple of other people have enjoyed playing and it has popped up like random people have been playing it as well because you get notifications so as we're playing like Caden and i a notification will pop up like so-and-so played your level so-and-so liked your level like so-and-so made a comment on your level so we're able to like pull that up in real time and kind of talk about the fact that like so something you created is now on the internet and they're playing it and they're telling you they like it like it's so positive you know uh in the way nintendo has set this thing up (laughs) so it's like really cool that was my that was gonna be my next question so um in terms of because this has the same sort of like leave a comment type thing as splatoon did right Mm mm-hmm so you can draw a picture. So how many wieners have you seen? <laughs> no wieners yet. Someone like how uh, how curated is is all of this stuff? I guess is my question. I, I mean, I can report because I did see I did see someone leave you a stinky sock and I say hard. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw hard that. stinky sock. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he's trying to get at, but I'm just gonna imagine like he didn't like. They, that person oh, didn't get I far. totally knew what he was getting at because that first jump was next to impossible. I was like, jump? I got to be yeah. a, I got to be a cat, and then there was this giant wall with a big B at the top, and I think I died like four times you, you trying use to make cat. that jump. The cat lets you climb walls, Jocelyn. Come on. Okay, Ryan, I did not know that, <laughs> so I did not <laughs> use the cat powers. I didn't know until right now what the cat power was, so I just tried to make that jump about a hundred times my <laughs> and favorite then finally just barely made it yeah. and then the bee killed me <laughs> oh well my favorite thing about becoming a cat is at the end of the level he goes meow meow and then kane's like what is mario saying it's like he's meowing <laughs> he's like oh okay dad like he's meowing is that why he's yeah, just as a cat that's, so finally i finally did beat it at the end and mm-hmm. then i can't even remember how but i got a cat suit like right before i hit the end of the of the game and then, yeah, I meowed at the end, and I was just like, "That this is the greatest thing ever. See, <laughs> Good I'm job, Caden. We're, we're benevolent gods because, like, we want you to end the level as a cat because, essentially, it allows you... So when you turn into a cat, it allows you to run up the flagpole and get, like, max points. So, I mean, like, if you get to the oh. end... I want to make sure you got the cat ending. I did not get max points. Oh, well. I also saw that somebody beat it in, like, 12 seconds, and I'm like... Who are these speedrun gods? I don't understand. Yeah. But they're probably the people who understand how to beat cats. Well, see, that's the thing. It also tells you, like, who beat it first and then who who has the world record for the fastest clear, which I think is really cool. Um, yep. It's definitely not designed for a speedrunner. <laughs> like, it, there's a <laughs> lot of shit in the way um, by design and by stickers. Uh, but yeah, it's just the level it was Caden's so cool. vision. <laughs> it was Caden's vision, and I don't know like what we're gonna have to do for the Yoshi level, like whether I like we upgrade and get him like a drafting table and some graph paper. But I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. He's got a vision. It's Yoshi, <laughs> basically. But like, yeah, I said to him, it's like you got to do more than that. You can't. You can't follow up kittens or Caden's sticker draft with just another Yoshi level. <laughs> we gotta go big. This is the opportunity. Poor know? kid, all the pressure. I know. Well, I mean, I don't think he understood what I was getting at because he was yeah. just like, I don't know, I just want to play Mario. And that was the other thing too is like, I usually it's me playing and he's watching, but this was the first time where I'm like, you know what, you take the controller and try it out. And he's still kind of like learning the coordination, but yeah, um, he was very enthused by hitting the home button. And then hitting it again to, to launch the game again. I'm like, okay, I guess we're not there yet. But he, <laughs> but I love that you're trying and you're learning to push buttons. Yeah. Good job, buddy. He was having a good time. And, and eventually he yeah. did get into, like, the moving and jumping. And he had, he had, like, with a little assistance, progressed a little. He didn't do it very well in his, uh, in his level <laughs> because he doesn't yeah. move fast enough. But yeah. um, we, I'd let him play a couple easier levels where he's able to, like, kind of run and jump and stuff. But... 
he well the uh, really cool thing it. about mario maker 2 is that you can go in and build whatever level it is that you think he can handle like True. you can make a whole level just for kaden that like is very much like world 1.1 from original mario except for don't put the pits in so he just has to learn to move from you know left to right and jump over things and then you can make him another one that, you know, or once he learns to do that, then you can like drop in a couple of like little mushroom dudes and then be like, oh, you have to jump over them. Careful. They move like you can you can kind of ramp up the level and add complexity to it hmm. as he like learns how to play. Like, I think the pro controller like the... was also like a mistake for him. It's too it's too mm. big in his hands. But I also oh, yeah, think, God, like, that'd be huge for him. The Joy-Cons with the displaced controls would also not jive like yeah it would be like teaching Nintendo him to... should make like a a pro controller junior or something mm. that's like that's like the pro controller but made for like kids I like think... that's a little bit lighter a little bit smaller like but still has all the things you need to to play <laughs> i think there is like a uh it's probably like a uh, officially licensed you know uh hori con- so h-o-r-i controller hori controller because <laughs> i realize i might not be pronouncing it right i apologize if i offended you guys you know that hori thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to give the hori thing to my son <laughs> uh i hope i'm not making a mistake i'm pretty sure yeah it's h-o-r-i it's all in caps i'm not gonna yell it because that would probably make it 10 times worse maybe it's not pronounced that way <laughs> moving on i think they make like some smaller like um like uh controllers that are designed to be a specific uh uh character type so they might have like a, a yoshi controller that i might look to pick up for him and it might be a little bit smaller um mm-hmm. to fit in his hands but i don't want to start him on the joy cons because the joy cons are kind of like they're displaced a little bit like it'd be like teaching him and he'd like he'd get a cramp and then he'd just think every time he plays he's kind of have to like we have his weird fingers all over the, the right side or the left side you know because they're kind of offset um, yeah. but maybe putting them in the, we played like my pro controller died, ran out of batteries and we, we put the, the joy cons in the, um, controller shell thing. And that is a bit of a smaller, more, you know, manageable size. So maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try that and see how that works. But, um, you're right. I hadn't even thought about it. Like maybe building like a training level, like a, like a, you know, Caden's first Mario, Caden's training. Caden's- yeah, Caden's first Mario level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I might do that. I'll make a Caden's Mario training level part one. Um, I'm thinking like in the pits instead of pits, like keep the pits, but then like just under the screen, put like a trampoline. So like, yeah, he thinks so he's dying, but it's just bouncy yeah. and it's kind of fun. Yeah, that could be cool. I mean, I uh, I think that's what I'll do. We'll... It's like bowling with bumpers in the gutters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And instead of like Goombas, maybe we can just put some of those dudes. So he was playing a level and. Uh, there was this dude, so an enemy. He's like one of these big guys. Kind of looks like a a Goomba in armor, and the Goomba won't kill you. He'll just like bump into you. So yeah, like literally like bumpers. Just put a couple of those guys in instead of Goombas, so he can't get killed, but he can get pushed around, which would teach him teach him to jump over without dying. Yeah, so that might be something I do as well. But mm-hmm. uh, first, Yoshi sounds like level. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah first obviously obviously i have priorities i mean I've what i'm curious about promise. is this like is this a level where you can play as yoshi is it a level that's like made in the shape of yoshi's head mm. is it like yeah how how yoshi are we does it just have pictures of yoshi as the background like I don't know i'd have to ask kaden <laughs> have to ask the creator <laughs> but he so here's the thing that's a great question because he loves to play yoshi's crafted world so I think he would want to be Yoshi, but you can't be yeah. Yoshi. You can only ride Yoshi. So is this the age-old conversation where I have to, you know, explain to Caden, like, no, like, Mario's riding. Yoshi is essentially the horse of the Mario world. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi's the mount, dude. And, and and you, you know, you've experienced this this game that allows Yoshi to be the main character in this, like, freeing experience. And he's yeah, no you totally did it back. You totally did it backwards, Ryan. I know. He's going to think Mario's evil now. Like, why is yeah. Mario, like, you know... <laughs> Enslaving Yoshi to I don't to like carry where this is around. going. <laughs> like, I think Mario and Yoshi have this symbiotic, like, relationship. Like, they're cool with each other. Yeah. Um, they have, like, this 
you know understanding uh ever since mario was a young child like they've always they're definitely bros don't worry yeah they're definitely bros so maybe i need to go back and we need to play like super mario island 2 or whatever <laughs> uh just to explain like get the prequel in like just like star wars you gotta watch the prequels first no don't. yeah don't do that um, um but yeah no yeah, it's I- good there, uh, the one other thing that I, I did want to mention, and I probably should have mentioned it back when we were talking about looking for, for things our friends had made, but the one thing that I, I really wish that they would change, other than just like letting me see what my friends have built based off my Nintendo friends list, is the other thing that it does. So basically, once you actually enter in somebody's code, so whether that is um, their maker code or their level code, if you have the level code, you can also go to see the profile of the maker. So... Um, you don't like have to find a separate like friend code or something like that. So you can go into a person's maker profile and you can favorite them, mm-hmm. which is great. It's basically like adding them to a, f- uh, well, I was going to say adding them to a friends list, but it's more like a follow on Twitter, right? Like, so it doesn't have to be mutual. There's no approval process or whatever. You can just say, okay, I like this person's levels. I want to add this to my favorites. So then when you go into your favorites, and this is where I think they can vastly improve the UI, it just shows you, and I don't know if it's like chronological order or difficulty or whatever, but it just shows you all the levels made by your favorite makers, Mm -hmm. which I only have right now you uh, favorited and uh, my friend Ben from Azeroth Roundtable. I think he's filled in on uh, Gamers In a couple times, but... Mm -hmm. Table six. And yeah... Ben, yeah, table six. Uh, ben has, uh, yeah, Ben has Mario Maker two, and he's created a couple of levels. So I've only got the two of you, and already, I'm just, and I think it's like the two of you, and combined, you've made three levels, and it's just, it's such a busy list Mm -hmm. because like i wish it was just a list of friends that then i could click on and say like show me everything new by ryan or show me everything new by ben but instead it just it's just a like a long scroll list of everything that all my friends have made in no seemingly no particular order Mm -hmm. so it's really not a good and then you also have a list of levels like specifically just levels not makers Mm -hmm. that you've liked And I do like that feature because that's actually how I found some of the other levels that I went on to play was I went to your maker profile to see what levels you had favorited and then went through and basically like played your favorites, which was really cool because then it's like your own little curated list. So there, there are like ways if you like favorite your friends then there's roundabout ways to to get exposed to new levels and stuff but the the UI for the social features specifically is really tough to get used to and navigate. Yeah, it's weird because I think what they did with Super Mario Maker on the Wii U, they brought that over pretty much lifted in terms of the the course world um, UI design. And they did build upon sort of course world with Super Mario Maker Wii U in the sense that they added a, a web portal that you could that had allowed you to kind of browse levels a little better and i don't think it necessarily made it easier it just gave you the opportunity to browse levels when you weren't at your wii u which was nice because Mm -hmm. then you could like queue up levels um while you were away and they were connected to your sort of nintendo account now the interesting part here is that at e3 they announced so there is this mode where you can play versus and it's all with random people on the internet and it's essentially you and three other people racing through uh, a level either against each other or co-op in a way and they they announced that oh in a patch forthcoming you'll be able to play you'll be able to match make with your friends so maybe that patch will also include the ability to i don't know have your friends list in the game and play your friends list or your friends engage with your friends profiles you know yeah and have them on a on a list automatically because you've gone through the hoops and i i would really like to see that and i I know a lot of people don't put a lot of faith in Nintendo when it comes to like improving upon games, but they they listen sometimes. They they implement these changes sometimes, and I think Super Mario Maker Two is a big deal for them. Like they're going to make one of these for the platform, and they proved last year or with the the first one that they 
they kind of treated it as a service. Like they added content steadily throughout the first two years of its sort of life cycle. But because it was the Wii U, like nobody really talked about that. Um, but I remember. Well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I didn't even play it. I remember you talking about it, but um, we had a Wii U, but it just collected dust. Like mm-hmm. we never played ever. So. Yeah, so I think that. I think this one you'll see a similar treatment, especially since it's now on a platform that people own. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think you'll see you know levels and content and stuff added to the game in the coming weeks. And this is literally not even week one complete with this game, and we're already seeing some really cool stuff come out of the communities. And and really, a lot of people probably thought like, oh, what can they do with a sequel to Mario Maker? It was already such a fully fledged, you know, creator sort of product but they have really added a lot like they added new styles new music new functions on off switches snake levels you know scrolling levels vertical levels sub levels like there's so much here slopes and that wasn't in the original no it wasn't and the original was kind of like a bare bones in comparison and if you had said that five years ago when it came out you'd be like no this is this is pretty much fully fledged but they they found a way to really expand upon it in a meaningful way um now i don't know if they could do that again i would really like to see like another extra theme like i would pay for super mario brothers 2 like the uh the american version that japan likes to think doesn't exist (laughs) you know the one where you're (laughs) picking up turnips i would love to see them build like an extra layer like it doesn't even need to be entwined with the other four main core themes like it can be the other themes so essentially when you're creating a level if you're creating a level in super mario brothers through uh new super mario brothers if you switch to super mario brothers 3d world it says hey like this is technically a separate thing we're gonna erase your level if you switch to this theme whereas the other four core ones if you switch you can switch no matter what like on the fly um, you don't need to worry about losing anything in the level outside of a couple of special items that just switch over. So, like, for example, uh, the cape in Super Mario World becomes the Tanuki suit in New Super Mario Brothers. Um, so I would love to see Super Mario Brothers 2 be, like, an extra theme, and I would be totally fine with it being, like, this is its own thing. You can play a bunch of cool levels in Super Mario Brothers 2, but, like, you can't kind of, like switch on the fly in the creator mode i'm cool with Mm -hmm. that i would even pay for it too like i don't know what would you pay for a theme like i could see nintendo charging maybe 15 bucks for it yeah i was gonna say like 10 or 15 bucks sure i'd be cool with that i feel like that's a like acceptable skin cost when you're talking about you know on the scale of a mario level yeah but it would it would not just be a skin it would also be like functionality right like you'd have pulling up turnips and items and potion doors and dark world and what else birdo (laughs) yeah fair enough fair enough but yeah like 15 bucks would probably be a fair price yeah but uh, overall so far i'm having a really great time i love just the creativity of the community and stuff so um yeah outside of a couple of interface navigation issues i think super mario maker is great and I encourage everybody, if you guys have the game, if you're, you know, like making levels and stuff, just uh, post your codes over in the Gamers in Discord. Mm-hmm. You can uh, check that out at bit.ly slash TGI Discord if you guys have any interest in uh, seeing what Ryan and I have been creating. I haven't actually created anything yet, but I will. Uh, I have to try to create a level that my husband cannot beat. Oh. <laughs> that is that is my goal. This is the ultimate make a level that Matt can't play. <laughs> I can't wait to get an update next week, and you should definitely uh, check out the campaign as well, so we can talk about that next week too, because it is yeah. delightful. Absolutely will. Uh, but you've also been playing something else. You've been playing Lego Towers? So this kind of came out of nowhere, and this conversation won't go long if you hadn't played... Uh, have you ever played Tiny Towers? Like It was kind of like an 8-bit iOS oh, game. Yeah. I feel like we talked about Tiny Towers for like three weeks in a row. Okay. <laughs> like way, way back in like episode like 50 of Gamers in like a long, long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And for some, so Nimble, I think it's Nimblebit, the guys who made these, uh, these yep. games, they kind of kept coming out with sort of similarly themed games. I think there was Tiny Tower, then like Tiny Trains, and then they went dark for a bit and then they did like Tiny Death Star 
which was kind of like, okay, I, I see where you're I doing. remember Tiny Death Star because I remember thinking, well, first of all, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. So I remember kind of rolling my eyes a bit and going like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just took your game and then skinned it Star Wars to try to make, you know, a quick buck or whatever. And I rolled my eyes pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so this one is called Lego Towers. And it's it's basically tiny towers, but with a Lego skin. But like to the to the nth degree, in that they've they've basically said like, oh, you can create this Lego tower, but then every single thing within the tower that you can create is based on an actual set. To the point where mm-hmm. if you click it, it'll actually give you a button that you can push to go buy it, which is like, I mean, I don't, it's kind of gross, but it's also kind of cool. Like to see <laughs> it's based on a real thing, but then I can also go buy like the pirate themed apartment level. So mm. that's kind of neat. Um, it's super free to play. So it is it is free to download, but um, there's in-app purchases. There's the the buck shop, so you can buy like the stuff that allows you to upgrade your elevator and make things go faster. Uh, and for those who haven't played Tiny Towers, the idea is to just basically manage a tower and just keep building Um Apartment buildings allow you to move in residences, uh, residence, and then you you build these levels um, of different varieties. So there's like, you know, uh, coffee shops and museums and and stuff like that. Uh, and you just keep going. So like each new level you build costs more and more money. So you have to kind of build that, build your cash flow up. Um, and it's elevator based. So like you, someone comes to the level and you have to like oh, I want to go to the fourth floor, and you push the up button until you get to the fourth floor. And that's kind of the flow of the game. It's really Mm. not much to it. The interesting thing that they've done here is uh, something we've discussed before in terms of a free-to-play game, which is this idea of uh, Tower Club. So they give you a five-day free trial, but basically what it is is as long as you have days left on your account within the Tower Club... You get access to all the premium roofs, lobbies, elevators, and backgrounds, automatic elevator control, so you don't even have to touch the elevator. You just push the button, and it takes you to level, like, you know, like a real elevator does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, 25% off upgrade and vehicle costs, free items, double daily rent, blah, 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 blah. And that's essentially the subscription that basically makes the game tolerable, I guess. Because, I mean, if you remember uh... Tiny Tower, it was essentially, like, chores- right yeah because like the jobs are like find three flower guys deliver this pancake to this dude find the dude you know so it's interesting in the sense that it's the same kind of like building type thing but they've essentially added like a subscription where you can remove the monotony so i can just i can just hit the elevator button i don't have to hold it it just does it automatically and that's kind of the best feature going for it uh that tower club now i I didn't pay for it it gives you a five-day free trial just to kind of try it out but i don't see myself playing longer than five days so kind of (laughs) works out um but yeah i it's it's easy to recommend because it's tiny towers and for me it's like i remember like i used to love tiny towers mm-hmm. like i play and it's funny because I, I feel like i used to play so many more mobile games and i wonder if it was because i was you know working a more traditional job so i didn't have you know my pc and my consoles available to me all the time but i feel like i was playing mobile titles whether it was hero academy or tiny towers or whatever like i was playing something pretty much all the time and uh tiny towers i remember being super fun and like super addicting Mm -hmm. it like in in a good way though not in a not in a free-to-play addicting way yeah like it's it's starting to get pretty old and i've only been playing it for a couple days because the Mm. like the the flow is very similar over and over and i don't know if maybe tiny tower or tiny trains was any different maybe it's just like this is literally a reskin tiny towers with legos and the legos are kind of like the classic builds the only thing they have kind of new ish that i wasn't really around for was uh like ninjago there's some ninjago stuff in there but it's like you know space 
studio, uh, museum, adventure space. Uh, I said I already said space. <laughs> like <laughs> there's not there's not a lot in there to be honest in terms of like variety. But I did I did kind of like the idea of you know we talked about this before with loot boxes because there is there is some components of loot boxes like you're trying to get pieces for characters that essentially when you build these characters they get you somebody who will give you um double rent so basically more money every day uh but there's just a whole lot of trappings in here including the subscription um but it is kind of nice that the subscription basically gives you access to all the all the builds if that's kind of what you're going for and Mm -hmm. it's interesting it's not like a subscription like netflix where you subscribe for 30 days it's more like you pay for days and it only counts whenever you're actually logged into the game so if I log in, if I don't log in tomorrow, one I don't lose a day. To be honest, yeah, that's so, good. So it's it's interesting, and it's a it's an interesting tr- attempt. But there's still also like the buck shop, and the discounts are nice. Like the twenty five percent discount by being in the Tower Club, like it's nice. But I don't know. It just it still feels like there there's not a lot here to it. And I can't remember if Tiny Towers was the exact same. I remember playing and enjoying Tiny Towers way more than this so i can't really i can't really remember whether tiny towers was was that great yeah (laughs) i remember playing a lot of it though to be honest yeah no i yeah i remember playing so so much of it so i i might check this out it sounds pretty cool yeah it's on ios and android and it's certainly worth checking out and and definitely uh subscribe to the free five days for the for the club and then you'll kind of see where i'm getting at and that it's like Mm -hmm. oh this is an interesting new way of doing sort of free-to-play games um and and maybe you feel like the subscription's enough to kind of give you the premium um currency without having to pay for more but certainly paying well, that's for the thing like i i definitely prefer something that is a well i prefer a buy it up front for a price and then you have the freaking game but mm-hmm. since that doesn't seem to be the way that people want to make games anymore then you know like I, a subscription as long as the subscription basically allows me to play a game unencumbered is the best way I can put that. Like if my subscription will allow me to do whatever I want to do without hitting any more lags or paywalls, then okay, I'll do a subscription. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it's the, it's the totally free to play, but then, you know, we're going to nickel and dime you all over the place. That really bothers me. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily remove like, every sort of there's still timers to build your levels like when you when you pay for a level you still have to build the room um right it doesn't change any of that i think really what it does is it just allows you to choose um what you want everything to look like so there are multiple backgrounds so i've chosen a space background and a space elevator and an arcade lobby i would have had to pay for i would have had to earn enough bucks to unlock that or just use the subscription and i'm sure once my subscription lapses it reverts to whatever i actually own um Mm -hmm. but like if you're really into lego towers maybe 30 dollars for the year isn't so crazy you know um that's i mean that's up to you i would i wouldn't do it i can't see myself playing this for a whole year um but like for for five days it's three bucks for 25 days it's seven bucks um, and that gives you, like I said, automatic elevator control, which is essentially the the biggest burden of the game where you just have to sit there and be like, okay, you want floor 11, let me just hold up. Oh, my <laughs> elevator's super slow. Oh, I can upgrade my elevator, but like that costs bucks. Like if it's automatic, yeah. you just push the button and you set your phone aside and you, you wait for the elevator to work. You can be like one of those cheap landlords that doesn't fix the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> it's automatic. What do you want? It goes up. It goes down. <laughs> I don't know. Close enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Being a landlord, fixing elevators. Woo! <laughs> but it's Lego, Jocelyn. So it, it is, is Lego. Fun. That's the thing, right? Is that, you know, <laughs> they're not stupid for getting all of these, like, brands on board. Because, no. you know, you can take your game and then it sounds dumb. Oh, I'm building an apartment building that then I have to rent out and also control the elevator and turn it into. But it's Lego and you could be pirates. And I'm like sold <laughs> space i don't know yeah. space pirates space pipes see sold yeah. yeah damn it 
Yeah, Time do it. Powers. Just check it out. It'll like five <laughs> days from now, you'll be like, "Yep, I enjoyed it. I moved on." Yeah. Well, the thing is, so I'm going away, uh, not next week, but the week after, mm-hmm. up to the cottage where I have very, very limited like internet and a lot of like time on my hands. So I feel like that is the kind of thing that I would get and play at the cottage. I was looking forward to doing like Mario Maker with my mom, but screw it, <laughs> let's go Lego Towers. <laughs> I mean, it requires an internet connection, so it probably wouldn't. Oh, then it probably wouldn't work. Okay, good. Yeah, back to Mario Maker then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you'll have plenty of oh, offline stuff man. with Mario Maker with making your own worlds and, and doing the campaign yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Don't uh, don't get sucked into the Lego. <laughs> uh, if you guys like the content that we produce and you'd like to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash thegamersin and throw us a couple of bucks. We really appreciate it. And all the support you guys do give us allows us to do things like purchase Mario Maker 2 and tell you all about it. Uh, That's going to bring us to our topic of the week this week. We're talking about EA again. Uh, Apparently, they are having trouble internally dealing with the perception that they're just a bunch of bad guys. And what they're going to do about it is something that actually seems pretty cool. They've given us more information about their, and I'm totally blanking on what it's called now, but uh, essentially their like indie games program. Um, do you remember what it's EA originals? Yeah. EA originals for sure. And they, and they had a, I think they still have a similar partner like EA partners. I don't know if they still, or if it's the same. I think they rolled it into the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? It's the same program. So basically it's like, um, they find partners in small indie game companies and agree to essentially publish them. And then, so EA still gets the operating costs, but all the profits go to whoever, you know, the developer is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's their attempt to create indie titles published by EA, but without, you know, interfering too much with the creators of the game. Which I know you can kind of sit back and say, oh, don't interfere too much, eh? Yeah, remember Maxis? We remember Maxis. I remember Maxis too, you guys. <laughs> But Maxis wasn't an EA original. It was an EA purchase. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an EA purchase. But that's the thing is that so it's like they do seem to be somewhat learning from mistakes of the past. And they mentioned a whole bunch of things that they're known for as being the bad guys and mm-hmm. how they're trying to counteract that um, gamer perception of them now by doing things like a, a not necessarily like purchase or acquisition program, but they're like basically trying not to repeat the Maxis mistakes, right? They're not buying smaller studios that are doing cool things and then ruining them. <laughs> what they're doing is they're allowing developers to get their game to a wider audience. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to play the role of Reddit here or the internet at large, but like, is this a basically the equivalent is EA originals, the equivalent of like an evil lawyer doing pro bono work? Like, is that... Oh, 100%. Okay, I just want to make sure. Like, is this, like, a moral sort of cleansing type? Like, we're... Oh, we're good. Don't worry. Like, we do this cool stuff with uh, Faye and Unravel and Sea of Solitude. Don't look at Anthem or Star Wars or FIFA or uh, Battlefield or loot boxes or... Sims. Sims, sorry. (laughs) R.I.P. Spore. I don't know. What was the other one? SimCity. Oh, man, I remember when they first announced Spore, and I thought that thing was going to be the coolest ever. I bought the, like, collector's <laughs> edition and everything, and then I was like, what is this I remember Spore, I remember it was in university, and I was living with the mats, and we all, it was very rare, it would happen a lot, actually. We would go to the store, and we would all buy a copy of a game, and we'd bring it home, and we'd play it. I remember we all got Spore, and we'd all go to our rooms, and we'd play the game, and we'd all come back out, and we'd talk about it, and we'd be like what the what is this game like yeah which is a bunch of penis monsters i don't know like (laughs) oh my god there were so many yeah i mean like you you give the internet a tool that makes penises that evolve what do you what do you think the internet's gonna do (laughs) bunch of penises they're gonna make magical evolving penis monsters the internet sometimes is a magical and frightful place (laughs) oh god a hundred percent. But yeah, so, I mean, EA did say they were very upfront with the idea that, you know, like, yes, this is a, like, PR move. It's something that is good for their 
image. They actually called it a uh, philanthropic. They're being philanthropists anyways, but they said it in a different way and it really messed up my pronunciation of that word. So we're just going to keep going. Uh, but they did talk about it. So basically like, yeah, we're totally doing it for the small indie game dev and we want to do the right thing. And this is us giving back to the industry. But then they also admitted that, you know, it is a way for them to connect with talent and interesting ideas that they wouldn't have necessarily had access to otherwise. So, I mean, there is that, that, you know, this is almost, it sounds like on the back end, it's almost like a recruiting tool, if I'm totally honest. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're finding good devs and, yeah. Not necessarily stealing talent and ideas, but Mm -hmm. maybe making them offers they can't refuse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, get in bed with the devil. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I think it's important. So here's the thing. It's important for studios to um, sort of give new talent or uh, talent that hasn't had limelight the ability to, to see that limelight. But you can be a huge publisher and uh, make great large AAA games and still do this fun stuff. Like I look at Ubisoft as a great example where they've they've been able to highlight some some great indie titles that they've sort of brought brought up into the AAA sort of uh, light of a E3 press conference, right? Um, and then you look at EA and it, it always feels like sort of a but we're good, you know. But then we're going to talk about loot boxes for about a half hour, so just <laughs> uh, tuck in. And I think with, you know, Ubisoft's no different. They have their own issues with microtransactions, but it still feels like they're able to not be as as shitty, but still be a large publisher, you know? And I think, like, it's good that they're acknowledging this, but they really mm-hmm. need to move, they need to move forward. Like, they need to have a good year. Um, yeah. And I don't know when that's going to be. Like, what do they have? Like, 2019's already shot with Anthem. So what do they have yeah. in 2020? <laughs> you know, um, outside of more sports games. And those those have their own issues. Like you're basically repackaging a game every year for $80 when you could easily just issue like a roster update. But they don't do that because that would, yeah. that would eat into the bottom line, you know? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> it feels wrong, <laughs> Jocelyn. Yeah, I know. But does it feel wrong because you actually think it's the wrong move for a company or does it feel wrong because it has EA's name tied to it, which is basically what the what the original comments are about in the article, right? Is just the idea that like there's a super bad reputation behind the EA name. People, myself included, have, you know, talked about how much they don't even want to touch EA projects with mm-hmm. the 10-foot pole because they've been burned so many times by them in the past. So I mean, if this was, you know, company you'd never heard of or company that had constantly done great things, like let's say, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you already said Ubisoft, which I think would be the the best example I can think of off the top of my head that seems to be putting out really good content and seems to be, you know, knocking it out of the park in terms of listening to fans and not making missteps and everyone's just super excited for everything Ubisoft is doing. If Ubisoft had come out and said this exact same thing, you know, like, oh, we're going to publish indie titles. We're going to, you know, help the little guy. And it's great because we'll also get to see, you know, new ideas and fresh talent, which is exactly what EA has said. Then would you be like, oh, yeah, Ubisoft is helping the little guy. Way to go. Or would you be like, Oh, this is nefarious. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying the practice is nefarious. I think it's a really good practice, what what they're doing in practice. But what they're doing with this article where they're basically saying, like, I don't know why people keep making us out to be the bad guys. We're not a bunch of bad guys. We fund indie projects. And it's like, it's important to fund indie projects. I think that's really important. A lot of, you know, Nintendo does it. Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, all major publishers do it to a certain extent. It's part of the business. Um but what, what EA is trying to do here is like, don't look over here where you see the corpses of your beloved franchises and, co- and companies <laughs> like Bioware and Mass Effect and Maxis and, and, and SimCity yeah. and all that. Look over here where we're making these really flashy, we're, we're sorry, we're not making, we're supporting these indie titles that you can enjoy as part of the EA, you know, offering. Family. And it's just, it's a magic trick. Um, what they're doing. Well, it's misdirection. I mean, 
at the same time, though, they did say that they are a company that has made a lot of mm-hmm. mistakes, including live services, microtransactions, free to play, you know, what partners to work with, animation engines, even <laughs> like all these things are mentioned as yeah. places where they've made mistakes. So, yeah, I guess at least like maybe I'm just um, naive or too Canadian or I don't know. But like I see statements like this and I'm like, well, at least they know they've made mistakes. I mean, <laughs> I sound like, like as, I don't know, like a wronged girlfriend or something. Like, oh, oh no, he knows he's made mistakes, but he'll never do it again. <laughs> you so, know, like, what if they announced SimCity too? Like, what do you do? Like, oh, I forgive you, EA. Let's try this again. <laughs> like, I think that. Um, as someone who was recently burned by this relationship uh, with Anthem <laughs> and thinking there's no way Anthem... Maybe that's the thing, is that I never had any kind of ties to Anthem, and mm. I was looking forward to a next Mass Effect, but, you know, Ugh, I wasn't, dog, like... But, but, Mass Effect, but Mass Effect 3 was, you know, like, good enough for me, uh-huh. and I would have liked a, a, another even trilogy that was just as successful and just as good but when andromeda like flopped i was kind of like yeah okay not the end of the end of the world but i know you were super bummed about it they killed mass effect jocelyn i know maybe it's just that because they killed sims and sim city (laughs) longer ago than that maybe i've had time to heal (laughs) i mean it's just and that's the thing is like i think that they need okay that's the first step admitting you've made mistakes now you can't repeat them. You can't. That's the rule. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. be a. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're, we're. Tr- I'm. I'm thinking of people like a good, like a person who admits mistakes. Well, corporations are people, right? Isn't that how it works in the states or something? Yes. I, I mean, do you get like tax credits for being a good person? Like, uh, probably not. I wish, but uh, I think that that's the thing. Like they're admitting these mistakes in a public format using their good work to kind of like punch up the we've made mistakes we're going to do better so the so now you have to do better you have to do better yeah you 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 have to put your words into action and i'm not saying that has to be you know mass effect andromeda 2 or um anthem reloaded uh, we promise to do it right this time yeah. in like small italic text underneath or something. Like maybe maybe Anthem Reloaded is the answer because Anthem is still a game very much that is that is still it hasn't been shut down. Like it's still going. I, I imagine they're working behind the scenes. Like maybe maybe that's what they do next. But um, until that happens, like we kind of have to sit there and be like we have to wait. It takes time to make a great product and. Maybe the fact that we haven't heard much from the Anthem team and is that they're working on sort of relaunching it as as you would with, with this sort of... Uh, uh, Epic call- failure yeah. that it was? <laughs> I, I hesitate to say like massive failure, but I, I guess that's oh, what it was. Oh, I thought you were going to say I hesitate to say Epic because that's a store now or a company well, now. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. I just, I feel like I want to see EA do better because I want to see all companies do well. I, I just like good games so well especially yeah and when they uh when they do control some of the ips that you do hold near and dear you want them to do well you want them to do better because you want to see more from those franchises right so you don't want to see the company that holds them fail unless i mean it's gonna fail completely and utterly that leads to it getting split up and possibly somebody else buying it but i mean you never really want to see that happen right now. Your favorite IPs and franchises are at least stable. Cause there's always a chance if EA totally failed and got broken apart and IPs bought, there's a chance people could buy IPs and never do anything with them because isn't that exactly what happened with kingdoms of Amalur? Like somebody bought that IP and everyone was super stoked because it had so much potential. And nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's THQ Nordic, I think is the one that bought that. And they've been, really, I think so. Yeah. They've been good at, kind of i mean they put out darksiders 3 and i mean i'll i did end up picking it up and i'll probably talk about my experiences with it in the coming weeks but um yeah thq thq nordic is not doing what you would would think they'd do and that they buy this thing and then they like immediately pump out a sequel to go along with the press release i think that that company is looking at their portfolio and saying like okay what can we afford to do now hd remake sure can we do a sequel eventually um it's got to be baby steps right 
yeah. uh, I, I kind of like what they're doing. I mean, Darksiders 3 didn't like light the world on fire, but neither did Darksiders 2, or else maybe THQ would still be around, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, like my point is, well, my voice just really cracked there. Um, but yeah, my, po- my point is that, you know, like you don't necessarily, you don't want to see the company that holds your favorite IPs totally fold because then the future of your favorite IPs is uncertain. So where EA does technically still hold the IPs of a lot of games that we really enjoy, we want to see them do better. We want to see them acknowledge their mistakes, what they're doing, and then improve upon their business practices going forward. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because eventually, like people, they say like their image is now tarnished and they're, they are the bad guys. They are the big bad company that everybody hates maybe rivaled only by epic and i'm still not a hundred percent sure why but maybe i'm just not paying it close enough attention but the point is steam (laughs) yeah the point is that you know like they are seen as the big bad guys they know that that's the public perception of them i would say even like activision blizzard is getting to be that company as well. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see in a company like EA specifically that doesn't necessarily have properties like World of Warcraft to, um, I guess, fall back on. Like, they don't have this long history of income generation in the way that Warcraft generates income for the company. So, I mean, I guess the closest thing would be their sports games, probably. Um that are, you know, like, not necessarily... Well, it's... I don't even... You can't even... Uh, maybe it's kind of the same. I'm just thinking, like, you've got people that are spending 80, 90 bucks a year, which is, you know, around 7 or $8 a month, which would be a half a WoW subscription. Assuming that your sports people are buying a new sports game every year. And I guess if they play multiples of them. But still, anyways... Point is that with the way that EA works, like they they don't necessarily have that constant income generation thing to fall back on. So I feel like a company like EA will probably fail a whole lot faster than a company like Activision Blizzard, who's built on these games as a service. The EA games as a service have not been successful. So if they continue to fail, if they continue to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over, I think that EA will be the first to collapse under the pressure of a bad reputation and people not wanting to buy games associated with the EA name. So it will be interesting to see if community pressure, if gamer pressure and refusal to actually purchase EA products will have any kind of impact and if they will be better because the market is forcing them to be mm-hmm. I hope because so. I don't think they just don't have the cushion that Activision Blizzard has like as much as people are super pissed at Activision Blizzard right now for everything that they've been doing WoW just launched 8.2 and tons of people are back in the game and it's a super great patch and all the rest of it and you know Hearthstone is putting out new stuff every other week. Like there's, they're still pumping out things that people are eating up. And I feel like as much as there's bad pressure, bad press around layoffs and, and whatever, it's the super duper hardcore people who are criticizing Blizzard. But the majority of gamers aren't listening to podcasts or reading on Twitter or whatever. They're just playing the freaking games and they're totally fine with Activision Blizzard right now. But I think people are actively stopping playing EA games. So that's also probably where some of this is coming from. Like, we're not the bad guys, guys, please. We'll do better. Keep buying our stuff. Yeah. We don't have a cushion. You, you can't just, re- you know, rely on brand recognition forever, especially when, yeah. Well, and their brand recognition is bad now. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. People, myself included, there's a reason that I never played Anthem. Oh, God. Like I, I, I did. I, I wish I hadn't. Exactly, but I was like, no, you know what? That's EA's new big thing. Like, no, I'm done with you. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean... You know, if there are enough people... I mean, the fact that you, Ryan, 
are thinking like I don't want to touch an EA game. Like that's huge. You you forgive everything every time. <laughs> and and there's like I think for for me and EA it's like it's the major franchise games that are coming out. And now I think anything made by BioWare is also in that pile, which it wasn't before. Like I was yeah. able I played through Andromeda. I was able to forgive its shortcomings, but I wasn't able to forgive the fact that they they killed DLC, they killed sequels, they completely shuttered the the studio behind it, which I thought was very premature. Uh, like, it's just, there's so much wrong with EA, but then there are other things. I look at that Star Wars game coming out, like, it could be interesting. It's made by Respawn. I really like that developer. <laughs> so, like, but then when does Respawn and join the EA here we pilot? go again. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. I'm going to wait for reviews, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, that was the thing with Anthem. If you had waited for reviews, you would have known, like, oh, okay that there's something missing here and i yeah i want ea to do better uh because i i liked their games and um i yeah i just i hope they i hope they actually use these words and and do something with this there's no way like you said there's no way this is out of the blue this is this is related to something that's happening definitely definitely so I think that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight, guys. If you are interested in letting us know what you think about anything we talked about today, or like I said, finding our uh, Mario, Mario Maker codes and levels and friend codes and all that kind of fun stuff, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can also email the show at info at You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays, Ryan is Dar Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin, except for this one, because I'm going to be doing a different stream tomorrow night. So uh, we had to record this uh, offline on a Wednesday. But uh, yeah, normally Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. on twitch.tv slash gamersin. Those videos will also be available after the fact over on Twitch. Thanks for listening to The Gamers In, and we'll see you next week. 